0: Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket podcast where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders. I want to welcome you to go to outcomesrocket.com slash reviews where you could leave a rating and a review of today's episode. Without further ado, I want to introduce our outstanding guest. Her name is Debbie Willis. She is the CEO and founder at Patient Link Enterprises Incorporated. They're doing some pretty amazing things over there. She's been at it for almost two decades there. Tons of experience, tons of results, lots of partnerships. We'll be diving into the things that she's done. But, you know, she started off as an engineer. So I'm going to let Debbie dive into a little bit of the background, but wanted to give you a warm welcome, Debbie. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's very exciting to be here. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. So, did I miss anything in your intro that you wanted to tell the listeners, Deb?
1: No, I, I think that's a good flavor to start with. And I'll just add more layers as we go.
0: Perfect. So I always love to start off with the genesis of it all for my guests. And what is it that got you into the medical sector to begin with?
1: Well, I was a software engineer at the Federal Reserve Bank. And the Federal Reserve has always really been automated for a very long time. And I met a doctor who told me about this brand new thing in the 90s called electronic medical records. Mm -hmm. He was so excited about them. So I thought, well, let me check this out. And I thought it was fascinating to actually automate uh, medical records. You know, they're not going to be on paper anymore. They're going to be in the computer. I want to be part of this. So I jumped from uh, the Federal Reserve into medical. I had to learn all new acronyms. And uh, it was, (laughs) yes, it was fun. It It was quite a ride. I really enjoyed it.
0: And you took the dive. You saw, you had a vision 18 years ago, Deb. And fast forward, Debbie, to now. Are you glad that you made the jump? Almost
1: definitely. I feel that what's happening in medicine right now is incredibly exciting. And this is a new era that's going to change healthcare. Uh, Healthcare technology is going to change healthcare and we're going to find cures faster. And so many exciting things are going to happen in the next few years. And it's all because of technology. And I'm thrilled to be here. It's incredibly fun.
0: Well, your life's mission is certainly clear, Debbie. I got that just from catching up with you here before our our recording. And I wanted to ask you, so tell us how things led for you to create the company.
1: Sure. I never intended to have a company. I just wanted to really help the doctors. They were getting electronic medical records and very, very frustrated with having to type all this data in. As a doctor, they were used to scribbling on a piece of paper anywhere they wanted and being able to really focus on taking care of the patient and not on where documentation went. But once they went to electronic medical records, you have to click on the right part parts in the on the computer screen and type the data in. And they were it's just. They were crazy mad about it, and angry. <laughs> and so I said, "Well, let me see what I can do. Let me see if we can make this better." So they were very kind and let me follow them around, what they were doing. Followed the doctors and the nurses. I sat in the waiting room and watched the people, and and realized about 85% of what they were having to type in was actually coming directly from a patient. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, you know why can't we have the patient uh, get the information directly from the patient into the electronic medical record? And so really the genesis of all this was to solve a problem, not to start a company. And um, that's where I started. I thought, well, let me see if I can help these doctors. And um, I thought, what format do I want to use for the patient to feel very comfortable to enter data? And At first, I thought, let's do this on a computer. Let them sit at a little kiosk and type the data in. But this was back in 1999. So I realized that's probably not very comfortable. It's going to be a backlog. People are going to be struggling with the computers. They're used to paper. So let me create something that allows them to answer the questions that the doctors need to know on paper, digitize that data and send it to the right places in the electronic medical record. I actually wanted to find a product that did that, but there was none. And so I wrote that and I implemented at a couple of clinics who were my clients. And I then went in 2000 and presented at a national conference and it was standing room only in there. And it was actually terrifying because I am... Uh, <laughs> I'm a quiet person, you know, and all of a sudden to have thousands of people watching me do this was terrifying, but also exciting. And I had all kinds of people coming up saying, hey, would you write this for me? Would you build this for me? And uh, so then I decided, well, let me patent this because nobody had ever done this before. And I told it's impossible to get a patent. Don't even try. And I thought, no, I don't think it's impossible. So I tried. And the people at the patent office couldn't understand what an electronic medical record was.
0: That's too funny. So they,
1: yeah. So they kept coming <laughs> back with, well, this is the same as this, or this is the same as that. And I said, no, it's not. And so I actually flew to Washington, D.C., and I brought my product, and I said, this is an electronic medical record. This is what doctors have to do without patient Link. Now let me show you patient Link and how it helps doctors. And this light bulb went off, and they said, whoa, now we understood Yes, you can have the patent. And I wanted to jump across the desk and just hugged it. I literally went outside (laughs) and started crying. (laughs) I was so excited.
0: Wow. Okay. How long was that process, Debbie? Like having a, trying to get your patent for this. How long was it? How long did it take?
1: It took several years. Oh my God. Several years. Yeah, yeah. Their job really is not patents. Yeah. But. It was definitely worth it. If you are an entrepreneur and you have a good idea, you need to protect it. If it's protectable, not everything is patentable, but that one was. So we started with the paper product. And then in 2006, when there was more use of the internet, we went to PatientLink online. People could fill out the same questionnaires from their home. And now we have PatientLink available also in clinics on, on um Devices, you know, any electronic device or kiosk or whatever. So whatever makes the patient comfortable, that's why how we want to engage with them and then send the data in as electronic data so that the doctor has all the information when they start the visit so they can have more quality time with the patient.
0: Wow. So that's That's our product. That's fascinating. And listeners, I'm sure you're you're taking some notes from this conversation. Just from the get-go, you could tell Debbie's passion for what she does, her intentions, and also her drive to make it happen, to get outside of her comfort zone, to present this stuff in front of thousands of people, standing room only, to take a flight to DC to actually show the patent office, what it is after years of trying to get this protected. This is a lady that's fully committed to what she does. And I hope you're getting some inspiration from her story and and definitely some ideas on, on what it is that you can do if you're creating a product or if you're driving an organization to create results. Debbie, what do you think a hot topic that should be on every medical leader's agenda today?
1: Well, it should really be how to bring the patient in to be part of the care team. And that's our new product that I was hoping that I could transition into. (laughs) Let's do it. It's called MyLinks. Go to MyLinks.com and you're going to see how awesome this is. But if you've ever been a patient or a caregiver, you realize that our data is fractured across are multiple caregivers, you know, and yes. in my mom's generation, one doctor took care of everything. You know, if she had a stomach ache or if she had heart disease, one doctor. Now we have a doctor for every organ of our body.
0: Specialists. And yes, mm-hmm. yes.
1: And so this all kind of started years ago. Uh, my sister had cancer, and we were really trying to find research and find information really about shed brain cancer. And so what I saw in that was the really the little information just to educate people and not even the nightmare of trying to get your own records. Yeah. And then a few years after we lost her, I had cancer
0: and oh my goodness. Uh, I got,
1: yeah. And mine was kidney cancer and I was oh. really grateful that we found it in time.
0: Thank God that
1: I could be called. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a cancer survivor but in that experience, you. thank you, I learned some very important lessons And besides the fact that every day is precious. That's mm-hmm. something important that I really totally underscore every day. But what I learned is that the real true patient struggled to get their information. I've been focusing for a while on getting information for doctors to take better care of patients and improving that communication. But now I wanted to turn my focus to... Helping patients get all of their information from all of their doctors, and then be in control of one aggregated record. And I started this vision. Actually, um, I woke my husband up um, <laughs> <at> March twelfth, <12th, laughs> two thousand. What do you want,
0: honey? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, is this one so of your ideas?
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> she goes, um, what? Uh, so I have an idea. <laughs> I want to build something uh, to help patients. And I wanted to be able to pull their data from all of their doctors, oh, wow. no more waiting in lines to get paper copies and bring it over to the next doctor who then makes more copies. So he said, okay. But, and I carried a, a tablet and pencil around with me for two weeks. And then whenever I had an idea, I wrote it down. And uh, at the time in 2012, that was impossible. I mean, really, it was like trying to decide to go to the moon in the 1920s. You know, it's like not going to happen. But I thought, we can find a way. I'm just going to design this program and then I will design how we're going to actually connect it to all of these different places. So a few years ago, which would have been maybe two or three years after i decided to start this, the government started talking about a new API, an application programming interface to gather medical records, and it's called FHIR, F-H-I-R, FACT, Healthcare Interoperability Resources. And I watched it for a while. I thought, I don't want to just jump on this brand new thing and waste a lot of time and money. I just wanted to see, is it going in the right direction? Is it real? And once I got convinced, yes, I'm going to take this route We added fire to my links to actually be that connection. And then we entered our application into a government contest at the ONC and we won first place. And we were just like so thrilled. Thank you. Because it's usually like big, highly funded organizations on the east or west coast. And here we are a a small woman owned company in the middle of the U.S. I love it. And we won. In Oklahoma,
0: baby.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and we're Love just it. yes we're focused Um we just knew this was so important to patients and there are several things I've been really keeping my finger on the pulse of government policy where's that going where is healthcare uh, IT going where is the needs of our clients who are physicians and, and hospitals and where is the patient's needs and really taking all those three together and then building my links. And so there is, a, speaking of government policy, there's a mean for use three mandate. It was going to be for January, 2018, and it got moved to 19, which I'm really happy about. That mandate says patients have the right to use any application of their choice to download their medical records, as long as that application is conforms to the API of that EHR, which means I can't be forced to gather my records from a portal. I can use any application to aggregate all my records. So that really ignited the industry to add the Fire API to the EHRs. And that really policy pushes uh, business decisions. So I was thrilled about that. And then the 21st Century Cure Act Um, is really pushing things further, saying, really mandating an easy way for patients to get their data, and there can't be data blocking anymore. And so there are a lot of government policies that are really pushing the industry to its, you know, driving it for interoperability, which is so needed. So our goal is to really empower the patient, get them part of that care team, In my personal case, honestly, had I not been so insistent that I felt something was wrong with me, I kept going to different doctors and they all told me I was absolutely fine. Mm. Had I not been persistent, I would not be here today.
0: Oh, man. Because,
1: yeah, finally one, actually it was a nurse practitioner. She said, well, let's just do a sonogram, you know, because I was complaining and complaining. and. They found the cancer that way. I'd done every expensive test with every... um, Yeah. So the patient's really persistence in their healthcare is so important. And in order to be persistent, I think you really need to be educated. You need to understand your condition. And the best way to understand your condition is by looking at all your records and then reaching out to the experts. So we call it MyLinks because it links patients to their doctors and their records. It links patients to researchers. We're in the process of building that out. Mm-hmm. And it links patients to each other. Because we as humans, we're social creatures, right? We, Absolutely. we really
0: community is huge. can't
1: do this by ourselves. Yeah. Yes. And so we have a forum there that patients can talk with each other publicly. But if somebody looks interesting to me. And I feel like I want to reach out to that person. I can click on their name and I can see more about the posts that they've done. And I can actually have a private conversation with them, which I think is so important. When I got diagnosed with cancer, I came home, I sat on my sofa and I said, I want to have a conversation with a woman in Oklahoma City who had kidney cancer. I wanted to be that specific. My doctor said, "Oh, you'll be fine," but I really wanted to talk to somebody who's been there. So that was impossible. I mean, HIPAA doesn't allow you to ask your doctor who else has <laughs> kidney cancer. You know, want to talk to them. So, how so how what we're it? building. Well, I never found that person. Oh,
0: you did I it. didn't find okay. them.
1: So okay. that's why I, I built this into my links. Is a platform that you not only can gather your data, but you can connect to other people. So that is going to really empower people to keep going. Sometimes too, we have points in our lives where it's like, why even try, you know? And yeah. you kind of need your, your cheerleaders around you say, no, you can do this.
0: Yes. It's possible. I love it. No, well, this is great, Debbie. I love the evolution. You know, you've taken this consumer facing in such a way that will help any patient who's a person. You know, I think oftentimes we lose track of that. We're all patients. We're all people. And we all need this human connection, which the community part will provide. But we also need this education and access, access to our data. And you did mention one piece, Debbie. You said that you were glad that this law got got postponed, the meaningful use part, by a year. Why were you glad that it got postponed? Maybe I'm not clear on that.
1: Sure. Well, at first I was disappointed because I thought, oh man, I really want this to happen now. But I realized that this is such an important piece that the EHR vendors are putting in their electronic medical records and testing with the, all the clinics that I, it's now going to be a more sane rollout. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah, so it gives people like more runway to get prepared history. for it. Right, right. Got it. And it will happen. It's just we're now going to have it in a more organized way. <laughs>
0: got it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, got it. I, I didn't want to assume. And so appreciate you highlighting the, the, the why behind that. Makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. So,
0: you know, I find oftentimes, Debbie, that good ideas happen and entrepreneurs will will develop them. Who pays for this? Does the consumer pay for it? Does the insurance company pay for it?
1: Yeah, a lot of people ask me that question. Right now, I'm paying for it. My retirement, my grandchildren's education, I hope my children aren't listening, but all that money that I've been saving all my life have gone into this and I will continue to fund it because I want it to be free for patients and free for doctors. And who I want really to sponsor this and I really call it a sponsorship so it can be always free to patients and doctors would be the people, the researchers who want to connect because my mom has Alzheimer's and I would gladly give my DNA, I would gladly answer questions on a quarterly, monthly, weekly basis or whatever to find a cure for Alzheimer's. And uh, three members of my family died of brain cancer. That's something, you know, I want to find a cure for that. Autism, Parkinson's, you know, so many things. I believe people are passionate about wanting some sort of way To participate in finding a cure, and the way that they can participate in finding a cure is by really engaging with research. Whether it's just giving your data with de-identified, or whether it's giving your data with identification, or with it, whether it's actually really engaging in long-term research to help find the cures. And to me, research doesn't mean I have to take a drug. You know, it means oh, absolutely them finding out about me as I progress through my years, what's impacting me, what's making me better or worse. So that I think is one element of who will pay for this. But I really, I I bring people back to things like Facebook. You know, Facebook is free, but they definitely do generate revenue. Sure. Because there are paid services. So I think those things will spring up. It's such a need. My focus right now is just to get patients, have a secure place for them to go to, have them really enjoy the application and the connections they can have. And I do want to say no data is ever shared without the explicit okay from a patient. We don't take their data at all. I mean, I I want people to treat, I want to treat everybody like I want to be treated. Everybody's data is their data until they say, I want to share this. They can even share just specific elements of it. Well, this is
0: super interesting, Debbie, and I love your passion for this. Uh, The mission is clear, crystal clear. So is this active now? Can patients access it now?
1: Right now, we are actively getting all the EHR vendors ready. They are, several of them are ready. If anybody has an Epic, if they have a MyChart, they probably will be able to get on because Epic has a lot of their clinics using it. We are very engaged with Allscripts and uh, NextGen. We are also able to connect with Cerner and Athena. And several different ones, but they're all—all all the clinics are right now installing their APIs. They have to be ready by January 2019. Got it. So this is going to be the year where you might be able to get on, but you might not be able to get your data from all the clinics. And so the way we're handling this is we're letting clinics invite their patients. It's kind of like Facebook started invitation only. Yeah. So we want people to actually ask their clinic, "Hey, you ever heard about My links? I would like an invitation to my links, please. And so then they would contact us. We would make sure they are ready with their API. And then we say, okay, start inviting people. So that's the way we're going to handle it is by invitation from a clinic. And then once we feel that there are enough clinics who have their fire API, we're going to open it to everybody.
0: Beautiful. I love the long-term vision. Everything seems well organized. You listen. You took notes on your notepad. You've really been very thoughtful about how you do this, Debbie. I am pretty certain things are going to work out really well. And it's exciting to know that a resource like this will be available. It truly is the future. And, and I appreciate you being the visionary that you are, like you did with Patient Link now at this new platform, MyLinks. So as we get closer to that timeframe, we'd love to have you back on the podcast when it goes live so that we could spread the word for you.
1: Thank you. I would love that. I really would.
0: And so, Debbie, this has been tons of fun. This is more of unstructured, fun conversation that you know we kind of veered away from the the typical format of the show because it was just so cool just to talk to you about your passion and, and your project and so I usually close off with asking for our guests to share a closing thought and we would love to open that up for you and then also the best place where the listeners could get a hold of you.
1: yeah, well, my closing thought is we really truly are entering a brand new era. And we're in this together. All of us together are going to be able to find cures faster by joining our bows together. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me, you can just email me at Debbie and that's four letters, D-E-B-I at mylinks.com or Debbie at mypatientlink.com. Either one's going to come to me. Love to hear from people.
0: Debbie, thank you so much for that. And listeners, if something that Debbie said struck a chord within you, or you are a researcher looking to partner up with an organization that has a a future vision or a a physician that something or a patient, whoever you may be, take her up on this. I have a strong feeling this is going to be a resource that we all use in the future. So Debbie, again, just want to say thank you so much for spending some time with us today.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation.